uh, we're going to look at two particular things tonight. And the first one is end of. I, I got the mute, Wayne. You need to uh, unmute yourself. All right. Got it. Well, we're going to start back in Matthew 24. And we're going to look at a couple specific things here. And one is end of the age and end of the world. So we're going to look at the end of the age and end of the world. So as we begin here, let's start right at the beginning of Matthew 24 and the first few verses. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See you not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said, take heed that no man deceive thee. So what will be the sign of, the com of thy coming and the end of the world? This word world is age. Age. What shall be the end of the age? That's what they're dealing with here is the end of the age. And then the second scripture we're going to focus on tonight is in Matthew uh, 24 as well. 24 and start at verse 8 and read down to 14. And these things are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. What I want to focus in here on is, are, is really these two words are two different words. They don't mean the same thing. One is an end of the age, and the other word in verse 14, the gospel shall be preached in all the world, is means the inhabited earth, all people living in the inhabited globe. It means the land that's inhabited, the land in a state of habitation, the inhabited world, that is the Roman world, for all outside of it was regarded as no account. So in that day, 
that world was Rome. So we have the Roman world. Okay? So this gospel shall be preached in all the world. Then shall the end come. I want to ask you who may have went to the ends of the world with the gospel? Paul. Paul went all throughout the Roman kingdom preaching the gospel. In fact, in the book of Colossians, it's written that it was given unto him to fulfill the word of God. The King James says, I think another, another uh, translation may say, fill up the word of God. But it was given to him to fulfill or fill up the word of God. And then in Timothy, he said he has kept the faith. He has run the race or finished the course. And sometimes we think, you know, that's just the end of his natural life. And, and that was true. Paul was coming to the end of his natural life. But he had fulfilled what God had given him. And that was to declare the gospel to the uttermost parts of the world. This was what Jesus told the disciples after he had raised from the dead in Matthew 28. <clears throat> if we turn there and look at Matthew 28, he says to them, verse 18, Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. So he told them to go teach all nations, the disciples. Well, there was a reason behind this that, you know, maybe more than what we've considered it to be, is that this gospel, from that period of time of his resurrection, actually three years before his, the three or three and a half years before he died, the gospel of the kingdom began to be preached in the earth. We talked about this for some weeks, that the, the law and the prophets were until John. After that, the kingdom of God is declared. So Jesus began declaring the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of God, and the gospel of the kingdom. So he began to declare the new day, the new covenant. While he was still under the old covenant, he was declaring the new. He was a witness to them of the new. Well, that witness didn't stop with him. That witness was ratified. You know, in his death, burial, and resurrection, when he come back on the day of Pentecost and filled the 120 in the upper room, that witness went out into all the world, all of Jerusalem. 
and they began to declare the gospel of the kingdom for a witness. That's what it was for. It was for a witness unto them in that day. Now, to, to really get a hold of this, according to which scholar you might look at, if you look at Bible scholars, the epistles and gospels were written between 30 AD or, thir or after 30 AD, excuse me, after the resurrection before 70 AD. Now, some people attribute John's to after 70 AD, that what John wrote, but many believe all the scripture was written in this time span. So not only was there a verbal declaration going on, there was a written word being circulated throughout Jerusalem and the Roman kingdom. So, so here's this circulation of the word of God that comes after his resurrection and the empowering of the Holy Ghost to be a witness of him. What did he tell them that they were receiving the Holy Ghost to do? To be a witness of him. So what did they do as a witness? They declared him. They declared him as the path of the salvation. They declared him as the refreshing of the Lord. They began to declare him first in Jerusalem. So the gospel was first declared in Jerusalem. I believe it's Zechariah that prophesies that a fountain was going to, to flow in Jerusalem. There was going to be a fountain open. The spirit of grace was going to come. And, and a people were going to look upon him that they had pierced in the book of Zechariah. And it was there at Jerusalem that this happened. And it went forth from Jerusalem into all the world. You know, when I was young, preachers would say, this gospel's got to preach, be preached into all the world before the end could come. Not understanding, Paul said, it had already happened. Paul said that. And we're going to look at some of these scriptures. Paul says, in Romans, writes in the book of Romans 10, verse 18, Romans 10, verse 18, but I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth and their words unto the ends of the world. Now, that's the same word, word world that we said means the inhabited globe, the Roman Empire. So the sound went into all the world. Now back up into Acts 11. Acts 11, verse 25. The Bible says, Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul, and when he found him, he brought him unto Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were first called Christians, first in Antioch, and in these days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch. 
And there stood up one of them named Agabus and signified by the spirit that there should be a great dearth throughout all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which were in Judea, which they did, and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. So, so this great dearth came upon the world. Again, it's the same word. Acts 17, 6 says. Acts 17, 6 says, and when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, these that have turned the world upside down are come here also. It's the same word. So this gospel had to be preached in all the world. And here, the apostles went into all the world. They turned the world upside down. The message of faith in Jesus Christ went into all the world at that day. Yes, it did. Now, moving on in this, in Romans 1, 18, now this is a different word here. This is the word cosmos, which again means world. It means literally uh, something ordered properly, an ordered system like the universe, creation, the world. The world, universe, worldly affairs, the inhabitants of the world, or adornment. Verse 8, Romans, 8 verse, Romans 1, verse 8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is proclaimed throughout the whole world. Where is it proclaimed at? The whole world. For God is my witness whom I serve in my spirit in the gospel of his son, how unceasingly I make mention of you always in my prayers, making requests, if by any means now at length I may be prospered by the will of God to come to you. So he's thanking God that faith is proclaimed through the whole world. Why is that? Because there's now a noise of what these brothers and sisters in Christ have been doing coming back into their ears. That faith. See, this is a big deal in this time. If you read the book of Acts, you can see what a big deal this is. Because on one side, you have Judaism. That's not all you'll read about in the book of Acts, though. On the other side of it, you'll have idol worship, such as the goddess Diana. You'll find that in the book of Acts, where it talks about the goddess Diana. You'll find where they went to Mars Hill to the, you know, the people worshiping, I guess, Zeus and this, that, and the other. So, 
So now faith in Jesus Christ is coming into all the world, into the pagan world, into the Jewish world. Okay? So this is a big deal to the Apostle Paul. Bigger deal than maybe we've seen. That he's hearing the report that all the world is hearing the gospel. Now, Jesus said this gospel will be preached in all the world before the end come. All of this happened before the destruction of the temple, which we like to call 70 AD, but really the ending of the thing was the destruction of the temple. So, so that was being done before that was taken off the earth. Why? To bring everything into Christ. Not just, not just the Jewish, every Jewish thing. His, his kingdom wasn't just going to fill up Jewish things. His kingdom was filling up all things. See, see, where's Jesus declared at today? All the world. He's declared in all the world. Yes, he is. And he's filling up all the world. How's he filling it up? By the word of the everlasting gospel. By the evangel of Jesus Christ. So this gospel went into all the world. That those believers would no longer be under Jewish, Jewish and Roman oppression, Jewish you know, the Jewish religion. But they would live under Christ. They would be, so to speak, redeemed to him. No longer under that oppression, that system. Why? Because at the cross, he had fulfilled it. At the cross, he had made it useless. At the cross, he had brought in a new day. Now, those disciples were declaring that new day before everything was taken off the earth. But now it's taken off the earth that it would be him and he alone that all come to. Now, I'm going to say something that may ruffle, I don't think anybody here, but some people that hear this. I'm not a Judeo-Christian believer, Judeo-Christian believer. I don't even know what that means, except that Christianity came out of Judah in the person of Jesus Christ. But Christianity is not a set of moral values only. I mean, there's morality in Christ, don't get me wrong. But it wasn't given to have a bunch of moral people. It was given to have a people with the same mind and same nature of the Lord Jesus Christ because he was going to live in them. And what people like to say is we are Judeo-Christian believers. No, he fulfilled the old. So he didn't preserve the old. 
He became, he's not a substitute of the old either. He is the fulfillment. He's the culmination. He's everything it declared. And we are the body of him. So his gospel went into all the earth before, before that day came when it was taken, when the old system was taken away. Now at the cross, honey, I believe it was already done. If you ask me, when he died and raised from the dead, the old was was completely removed as a work from God, but God gave a period of time, a 40-year period of time, just like the children of Israel when he brought them out of Egypt into the promised land. Their goal was never to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. That was never the goal. God didn't have a plan of wandering around for 40 years before they went into the covenant or into the promise. That's the same with us. He doesn't have a plan that we would wander around for 40 years. Now, he may make provisions for that. Because we may wander around in religion for years, never seeing the promises of God. And God may make provisions for that for us. But that's not his thought. You're in Christ. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So you're in the greatest promised land there could ever be. You're in Christ. And the fullness of that land is available to you and me. So here this evangel, this gospel, was declared in all the world. Coming on down here in the book of Romans. I said Romans, uh, Romans 16, verse 19. Romans 16, verse 19 says, for your obedience has come abroad unto all men. <laughs> I rejoice therefore over you, but I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple unto that which is evil. But now is made manifest by the scripture and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God. Your obedience is come abroad unto all men. There's so many places you can look at here. Titus 2. Titus 2, verse 11 says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. To all men. The gospel shall be preached in all the world. Paul says, The grace that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Now go to Colossians 1, Colossians 1, verse 3. We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, having heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have toward all the saints because of the hope which is laid up for you in the, in the heavens. Where have you heard before in the word of truth of the gospel, which is coming to you, even as it is also in all the world, 
bearing fruit and increasing as it doth in you since the day ye heard and knew the grace of God in truth. So the gospel went into all the world, all the inhabited world, all the universe. And Paul said was bearing fruit and it was increasing. Now, verse 23 of this same chapter. If you continue in the faith grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. Every creature, all creation, the gospel was preached. So it was preached in all the world. See, see, this was the course I believe Paul was keeping. I said this early on. When he finished his race, he finished his course. And you, and you read through the book of Acts and Romans and so forth, and you see the journeys of Paul. He was being pressed inside to declare the gospel in all the world. I've never really seen it like I'm seeing it, but he was pressed to do this. Book of Acts again. Turn over to the book of Acts. Chapter. Let's see. 20. Chapter 20, verse 23. I only know that in town... After town, the Holy Spirit warns me that chains and afflictions await me, but I consider my life of no value to me. If only I may finish my course and complete the ministry I have received from the Lord Jesus, the ministry of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Now I know that none of you among whom I have preached the kingdom will see my face again. Now, now, Consider this with the epistles we've read. The gospel has went into all the world with what Paul says here. The ministry given to him of testifying the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's kept his course. So when he become the apostle to the Gentile, he took the gospel into all the earth. Hallelujah. Or to all the Roman Empire. Now, I believe from there, it just expanded on and on and on. And that faith was declared in all the world. And just as Jesus said, it'll go into all the world and then shall the end come. What end? 
the end that the disciples ask him. What shall be, when shall be the end of the world? What shall be the sign of your coming? So the end came. Nation rose against nation. Famines were in the land. We read that tonight in the book of Acts. So, so these things happened, and it came that the body would live unto Christ. Why did that happen? He takes away the first that he may establish the second. So everything's going on to establish him. See, it's not just a taking away, but it's an establishing of him. So the old system is being moved away so that Christ would be established in the earth and the body would live unto him. Not into the old system. Not into the law of Moses. As great of a man as Moses was, there had never been a man like the Lord Jesus Christ in the earth. God manifest in the flesh. All unto him. He takes away that he may establish. Now, now a couple more scriptures tonight. In Isaiah 9. Isaiah 9. Now here's What's, what's the purpose in all this? What's the purpose? It's him. Verse 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment, with justice from henceforth forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So there's no end to this one. No end. The increase of his government and peace. Shall be no end. The zeal of the Lord of hosts. The desire of the Lord of hosts. Will perform this. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So when you read Paul saying that the ends of the world had come up on them. What ends? What worlds? The end of the old covenant age. It had come upon them. The beginning of the new covenant age had come upon them. It came upon them in a person. It comes in a person. He is what ends one age. He's what brings forth another age. I know so many want to call it just the time, but it's the person. It's the person that came. It's the person that was declared and that all the prophets have prophesied of. 
He came to end that age. But in its end, in its completion, he's setting forth the new day. He is the new day. And he's setting it forth as he goes through Jerusalem, declaring parable upon parable to the Jews. He's declaring a new day. He's declaring the fulfillment of one. And on the other hand, he's declaring the new day in the book of John. That's what he's declaring. And we have to get a hold of it. I, I made a comment to Anita. I said, I believe all the parables that he declared in the Gospels may have been to Old Covenant Israel. Not that they don't apply to us, but I believe they may have, you know, he come to his own, John said. But in the book of John, and if you read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they are so different than the book of John. Extremely different books. And John, I believe, is declaring the new day. Not that it's not in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Sure, it's in there. Sure, it's there. But in John, it's boldly coming out. This is the new. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Everything that was declared before spoke of me. Hallelujah. Just gathering it all up in here. Gathering it up in this day that we're in. Yes. And those apostles in that hour, in that time, they were living at the end of that age. And right down on top of the end was the beginning of the new. Yes, it was. See, we're not living at the end of the age. We're living in the new. They were living at the end of the old. And declaring the new or in the beginning of the new. We're not there, folks. We're living in him. The old is fulfilled. Hallelujah to the lamb of the living God. First Corinthians 10. First Corinthians 10 says, verse 10. Ne neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed the, of the destroyer. Now, all these things happen unto them for our example or in samples, and they are written for our admonition up, upon whom the ends of the world are come. See, here, here's who it come upon upon them. Now, this has worked in us, but it came upon them. And Paul, I believe, understood it. 
And Paul was bringing it forth in his epistles. And we need to understand it. Why do we need to understand it? You may ask. That the body of Christ declares him. That they walk freely in the earth and declare him. Not entangled again with a yoke of bondage that's been done away with. But walk in what Christ has done. I can see this in my heart, in my spirit. Just hear it and can see it. I'm going to stop here. You know, we talk about growing up in him. We, we make, we read the scripture, we would grow up in him in all things. As a newborn babe, we are birthed into him. And as a newborn babe, we don't know much about being in him. But we're birthed there by the Spirit, by the work of God. We're brought there to grow up into him in all things. Now, what we're declaring are those all things. We're declaring the divine nature. We're declaring the mind of Christ. We're declaring the will of the Father. We're declaring to being dead to sin, being dead to the law, being married to another, being redeemed unto God. These are the all things that we grow up into, and we have an understanding of them given of God in the Lord Jesus Christ to share with the earth. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Well, I'll stop right here tonight.